everybody. Welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. And today we're really excited to have another resident of Hope Valley with us today. We are talking with Johanna Newmarch today. And thank you so much, Johanna, for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Great to be here. Yes, we're so excited. We've had Loretta on. So now we've oh. had the full FLOMO on the podcast. <laughs> Love it. Loretta's a queen. I'm so yes. glad she got to talk to you. Great. Yeah, so we'd like to start our interviews by asking our guests to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of how you got inspired to become an actor. Yeah, okay. So um, I was, uh, I started my performing career as a dancer. I was um, oh. relatively highly trained for at one point in my life, uh, a classical uh, ballerina. Um, wow. I pursued that, yeah, I pursued that quite seriously. All of my extracurricular time and energy went to that. Um, and I went to, uh, Canada has uh, two sort of prestigious uh, ballet schools here, um, the Royal Winnipeg Ballet and the National. And I, I went to a summer session at the Royal Winnipeg and that was great. Uh, and I learned a lot, but that was the first time, I think maybe the seed got planted where I was sort of watching the career track kind of ahead of me. I was around 12 or 13 at that time. And I kind of could see the older girls ahead of me. And even as a young person, I was like, oh, goodness, there's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure put on dancers, you know, just, to, you know, body type. They have to be so, so, so extraordinarily thin. Uh, you know, they have to put out this massive amount of energy, you know, while eating very little because to remain that maintain that kind of physique for a lot of people is yeah. challenging. So even as a young person, I remember going, oh, I don't know about that. Um, you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough to, you know, develop uh gradually. Uh, but, you know, I saw some of my poor friends who, you know, as, as sometimes young women do, they, you know, over a summer or over a year, their bodies changed dramatically. And then they were, you know, sort of questioning, you know, their ability to be a dancer, which just seems so cruel and unfair, even though they're very talented, you know, for something to be as dependent on just, you know, a physique. Anyway, um, like totally you know, out of your control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Literally. So how, how cruel and, and unfair, um, you know, that's a big topic. We could spend days on that one alone, but moving right along. <laughs> um, so I did keep, I did keep doing that, but every, every year after that, my passion sort of started waning and I was like, goodness, you know, because the, you know, the career possibilities for dancers are, are actually quite limited, no matter how much you love it. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, I just started to go, gosh, you know, you're, you're also your longevity, you know, let's be honest, you know, much like a professional athlete or Olympian, your, your fate, your career sort of fading once you're 40. And I was like, well, I'd kind of like to have a career that I could maybe keep doing for a little longer than that. So yeah. I, uh, I, 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 sorry, this is a long winded answer. I, um, I, did like performing. I really enjoyed uh, doing that in front of people and, you know, making people smile or, or escape their troubles for a, a short time with a nice performance. And so I thought, gosh, you know, I'll give acting a go. So around 15, 16, I started to transition into that. And uh, yeah, I was bitten by the bug and here we are. <laughs> you, you remember your first role that you ever got? Uh, you know, I do. I do actually. It's, it's, it's etched into my mind. I think it was 1987. Um, and so I guess, depending on the time of year I would have been either 15 or 16 or so then and uh that we you know the Canadian uh the, the network at this, that time you know Vancouver was sort of just coming into its uh, you know beginning stages of being a, a, a film and television what has become a, a global powerhouse for film and television but we were in the early days of that in the 80s and uh you know the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation uh, you know we affectionately referred to here as the CBC um you know a lot of the Canadian programming was was done by them I should say the limited amount of Canadian programming we had what was done by them and so it was this I think it was an anthology series like sort of standalone movies I think it was called family pictures or something and I I remember my character name and she was Donna Donna Mackin <laughs> 
and uh yeah I was like you know I was a teenager and she was going through yeah. some trials and tribulations yeah I think it was a half hour episode of, yeah so <laughs> I guess kind of like the modern day equivalent of a family friend friendly MOW sort of family show but yeah it was pretty cute you remember being really nervous or were you pretty you fearless know, it's so funny I don't know where I had my confidence I've, I've become less confident um as the rest <laughs> of the years have gone by I think there's something about the the ignorance of the blissful ignorance of youth um I actually remember feeling quite self-possessed at that time I think only because I didn't know any better not to right <laughs> so I feel like you know much like sort of you know many many uh, uh artists or painters uh, you know have said you know well you know we have this certain you know, freedom when we're young to yeah. just, you know, create or produce, you know, um, you know, paintings or, or performances. And I think I, I fell into that little bit of a category. I was just, you know, living my best life, having a great time. And I think a couple of years later, I probably went, oh, wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> you probably see some of that in these kids on when calls the heart so that oh that yeah. confidence yeah. what's yeah. so interesting is they're all so professional though I don't yeah. think I was nearly as professional as they were because I kind of <laughs> just yeah I, anyway you know they're very grown up and very mature yeah. and very professional I don't think I had it I don't think I was half <laughs> as together as those lovely kids are yeah so your first role for Hallmark was you were in the first Mrs. Miracle movie. Is that right? You know, what's so funny is yes, you're you're so right. I was, that was so long ago. Um, and it was such a nice, it was such a great role. It was quite a, quite a dramatic, you know, quite a heavy, the sad, uh, my, my character's backstory was, was, was a little bit of a sad one. And I got to work with, uh, I play the sister of a wonderful, um, Canadian actress called Erin Carplek. Yeah. So that was, yeah. that was pretty special. And as you know, um, uh, that particular movie was not the original Mrs. Miracle. I think it was sort of a spinoff um so unfortunately i didn't have any scenes with uh with doris um oh goodness oh, oh it was okay yeah i don't i didn't have any scenes with her and she's sort of the iconic you know yeah mrs miracle um so i i think i didn't have any scenes with her i know that and i think that her story was sort of tangential to I think her story was like the genesis of, of ours, but I don't think she was specifically in it, if that makes sense. It was sort of the, the Mrs. Miracle world that we were in, but I don't think her character. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, but, oh, she's, but she's, such, she's such a special lady. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I was delighted to, to have a chance to, to yeah. do that role. So you were in the Garage Sale Mysteries. Yes. I'm trying to remember. So Sally was your part. Why? trying to remember what so what was what was Sally in that yes. show yes so um as you recall um Lori Lachlan's character was um, an amateur sleuth and uh yeah. she was sort of always getting under the under the the skin of for, for to great yeah. comedic effect of the town's police chief um who was played by Kevin O'Grady who was my husband so he, uh, was, he was detective okay. Linwood and I was his wife Mrs. Linwood um and so and and over the various you know the various episodes um our uh, our families you know, he, he and I as a couple and, you know, and, and Laurie oh. and, and Steve Basic as a couple kind of became friends. So there's all these sort of fun scenes where I'm at their house. Hey, that's her, right. You know, and I'm kind of giving him a hard time because, you know, that was, we kind of came up, uh, Kevin O'Grady, who's a wonderful comedic actor. Uh, we kind of naturally developed this sort of slight sort of comedic tinge to our relationship. So, you know, and he's this, you know, very strapping large man and I'm sort of this beside him, you know, the visual sight gag was I have sort of this petite woman beside him and, and I would sort of give him the gears, you know, like a, like affectionate sort of um you, you know like as couples do you kind of you know yeah. you kind of you know hector each other but kind of in a fun playful way and we had a great time doing that so yeah i really liked 
the Grassland Mystery. It's been a while since I've seen any of them. That's why. Oh, it's a they're delightful. Bit, a they're, yeah, they're fuzzy, wonderful. but they were the first series that I really got into because I wasn't that into the mysteries. And okay. it wasn't until Grassland Mysteries that I started to get into it more because I just, yeah, I really liked the cast, Sarah Strange. I really loved her character. Yes. Sarah Strange she was so wonderful. good. Wonderful. And she's yeah. a lovely, lovely woman. Yeah, great and character. The family dynamic, I just thought was a really fun. Yes. Oh, that's so uh, nice to hear. I love it when I hear people, I I mean, I I get a chance to talk to people who really love a show. That's Mm -hmm. so great. I'm so glad that that was your introduction to the mystery world of Hallmark. Yeah, because I don't know, some of the other ones were so predictable and just not a little bit harder for me to get into, but, uh, but that one, uh, I, I enjoyed. I, and like her, her involvement in the mysteries wasn't like, as crazy as some of the some of the yes. series you know yes. Yes. you got like morning show chefs and things like that yes. you know, yes. a little yes. a little harder for me yeah I hear you they're they're they're, they're going out on the edge there but yeah, so, yeah. No, I hear you I hear now you. we got hairdressers and <laughs> solving crime matchmakers I hear you yeah this was a little bit more in in a, in a sort of a zone of a realistic zone I yeah hear. yeah yeah definitely uh so then you were also I think you were the murderer in the Marcus Vineyard, right? Yes, yes, actually, I've been two. I've been two villainous murders in the Hallmark world. I was, um, I was the murderer in um, the uh, murder she baked, the plum pudding one. Um, I was, okay. the, I, I, I was the murderer there. And then, yes, in Martha's Vineyard, my husband and I, yeah, we were up to no good. Yeah. <laughs> that has to be fun to play a murderer oh so much fun it's really fun to play the villain I mean don't get me wrong I mean obviously playing the the heroes and the you know the 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 protagonist is always you know any role is a great role but uh, but there is something fun about playing the villain I'm not gonna lie and and as I age uh there's, I think there's something I don't know as I'm aging apparently my yeah. villainous is coming out so <laughs> Yeah. Well, in, in these movies are, I think, more fun when they lean into the camp a little bit. I mean, I was just saying I want it to be realistic, but I don't know. There has to be a blending of the two. Well, there's a fine line because, you yeah. know, we come to the Hallmark world because we don't want to watch HBO. We want something a little gentler, but we do yeah. want something that's sort of still somewhat believable. But as you say, you know, it's that fine line between playful and kind of slightly winking while still sort of maintaining a semblance of reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode, and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast? Do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. Well, so let's talk when calls the heart. So when you first started, did you know that you were going to be in for the long haul or was it just going to be a guest role or here's the thing. I don't think any of us uh, really had any concept of what this would become. So I was hired as one of the, um, you know, from episode one, the, 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 you know, harrowing first season uh, where the, the women, 
you know, the mine disaster happens and we all, you know, we lose uh, so many of our, our men, men folk, uh, husbands, um, and et cetera, in the, in the mine disaster. So I think we, we knew that even though we didn't have all of the episodes laid out in front of us, I think we had a sense that given that we were, you know, a part of the town that we would, you know, you know, be there for probably the first season, you know, to, to a greater or lesser degree, you know, it wasn't, it's not always clear when you get hired exactly how big a character arc you're going to have. But I think we had a sense that given that the storyline was about the town, the town and the, and the, and the town, the women specifically, um, I think we all had a sense that we were going to be around for, for a handful of episodes. Uh, none of us had any sense that this was going to turn into such a phenomenon. So yeah. What do you think has made it last as long as it has? I think it's really a combination of, you know, I mean, it's, com it's community, right? It's this, it's this story about this group of people in this time and place and the trials and tribulations that they go through. So I think the audience is able to, you know, invest in the characters that they kind of uh, learn about a character, become, sorry, excuse me, English, um, learn <laughs> to love a character. Uh, and then go on a journey with them. And I think that's really the wonderful thing about the episodic format, as opposed to a standalone feature film, you know, where you have to tell a whole story in an hour and a half, like this long format of, of being able to have, you know, season after season. I think so, you know, the great, the wonderful thing that Jeanette Oak did was she came up with these wonderful characters, wrote these wonderful characters that, you know, obviously uh, our writers have taken and run with. Um, these interesting, compelling, deep characters that he, the audience is able, really able to connect with and, and want to come back year after year to see what happens and go on these wonderful journeys and, and, and experiences and, and growth with these characters in this community. And I think that's one of the things that we've been able to offer is this sense of community, this sort of wonderful ensemble of characters that people find compelling. Um, and, and, you know, it's like somewhere you get to come to, you know, the world is full of you know, challenges and, and, and heavy stuff. You know, we live in challenging times. Um, you know, we're, you know, it personally, politically, globally, there's a lot of uh, issues that we're all embedded in that can be very heavy and, and hard to handle. And so I think having a, a you know, a, a place that you can kind of escape to where things are a little bit simpler, a, a little bit more straightforward, um, that you get to kind of have your dose of of happiness and, and sweetness um, is, is something that people crave right now, you know? Yeah, I think that you need uh, that escapism totally. to just relax. Yeah, totally. And especially these last couple of years, I mean, we're at peak stress, you know? So, <laughs> <All right. laughs> I mean, while, while this show's always been appealing to lots of people, I think it's become even more appealing to a lot of, to maybe some new, a new yeah. group of viewers who are like, I've had enough of the world. I just want something sweet to escape to. Yeah, I think so. So how did Flomo evolve? Was it something that like you two were just kind of put together randomly and then, it, you know, and then people liked it. And so then they wrote it more or, you know, or, that's, a, you that's even a, know, it's a great question. I mean, I have my theory. So, you know, as that first season, you know, the season was what it was. And then it kind of, you know, we, the, the, the series has sort of, you know, in this, it's, it's aesthetic, it has sort of grown and changed. Um, and I think that maybe our characters had an, a, you know, a couple scenes together and maybe they kind of noticed that there was sort of a chemistry there. So then I think they kind of just kept giving us these little moments. And I think we were able, especially in the early seasons to provide sort of a little bit of a, you know, comedic relief as the kind of town busybodies or, or whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, we just sort of naturally played off of each other and, and the, the characters were written in a way that we could sort of lean into to that and bring our own kind of, natural whatever 
whatever act, actor flair to that. Um, yeah, so I think it was sort of an organic evolution and we're so grateful because, you know, they threw us together a few times and the magic, whatever that kind of ineffable magic is that, you know, between the charisma of two characters. Um, yeah, we kind of really sparked off each other and, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a whole Flomo army. I mean, it's, I know. it's amazing. I, I, and I can't tell you how, what joy that brings me as an actor to have, to have people who, who are rooting for you and enjoy your work and care about your journey. It's just delightful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so do you have a favorite Molly moment? Oh goodness. I you know. Oh, it's, that's really a tough one. I think I have a favorite. Mm, oof, I have a, a favorite Molly sort of dramatic moment. And then I have a couple favorite Molly comedic moments and you can shut me down yeah. whenever you've had it. No, let's hear it. <laughs> the, uh, the dramatic one, I, I have to say, I think it's just because it's such, it was such a touching moment for me as an actor. Um, when Rosaline goes missing in episode three of season one, and then, you know, we, we look for her and then we find her that moment with, with Mamie, where I turn around and Elizabeth's carrying her and I run towards her and I grab her. That was, that was special for me. Cause I'd actually never, um, as an actor had, a, had a chance to do a quite a, you know, a meaningful dramatic moment with a younger actor. Uh, and, Mamie Laverock, uh, she was actually nominated for a Leo for that performance. Um, she was, it's, you know, it's extraordinary to me when, when child actors uh, are good, <laughs> you yeah. know, that they're, again, I think it comes back to that sort of sense of, of genuine naturalism um, that some of them seem to possess, which is so extraordinary because being on a film set can be quite stressful and challenging. Um, but yeah, she just had so much you know, depth and heart. And, and I just had to look into her little face and boom, it was all there. So that was a, that was a special uh, dramatic moment for me for, for Molly. And then sort of the comedic ones um, would definitely have to be, uh, I think season eight for Molly was, was, was peak, peak Molly playfulness, which was really fun. And we've actually had some of that already in season nine uh, where, you know, I flirting with Bill, that was pretty fun. You know, um, you know, yeah. the, the $23 well spent, uh, you know, dress line was pretty, and I have to, I have to thank the writer for that line. Cause that's a great line. Yeah. So that was that kind of sassy Molly is, is pretty fun. And then this, this, this uh, season, I've had a chance to carry that along where, you know, I get all in a tizzy about misunderstanding the, you know, the Elizabeth's, the, the writing in Elizabeth's book. And then, uh, you know, Molly kind of, you know, giving Bill a heart, you know, wanting to be interested in forensics and kind of trying to find her. It's, yeah. I think I'm really enjoying the sort of comedic flair that Molly has these last few seasons. Yeah, and that I mean, must be fun to kind of play off with Jack Wagner. Yeah, he absolutely. He's like a funny guy. He's, he is. He's delightful. He's, you know, he's <laughs> iconic and it's so much, and, you know, I've almost no acting required. You just say the lines and he's, you know, we have a great relationship, you know, as actors, yeah. as um, colleagues on set. So you just, you know, it's, you just lean into that and it so makes it kind of easy. And I, and I should emphasize again, from a, another dramatic moment that was so, so touching was obviously the moment when I got to give Florence the dress and she got to thank me oh, for, her, for the yeah, French. That was, that was good. obviously incredibly touching. Yeah. I love that wedding. That was oh, right? one of my favorite when concert oh, moments oh, it was so you. good i know i thought loretta and hrothgar were just so they just so were, they were beautiful really touching yeah i hope we get a molly molly wedding well wouldn't that be something yeah Please yeah <laughs> there's been lots of ideas tabled i honestly and i hand on my heart i honestly don't know what's down the pipe but there's lots of exciting possibilities so yeah, yeah. so did you have an opinion about nathan or lucas Oh, I'm the, I'm honestly the worst. And I'm not just trying to, I'm not just trying to, you know, say, be politically safe here. I am a Libra and I am annoyingly a Libra. I, I am, you know, the scales. I, I'm always one of those people that's like, well, I see this side. And then I also see this side and people are like, oh, Johanna, just choose a side. And I'm like, I kind of see value in both sides. Anyway, 
Um, but so, so, and, and actually, and I think this, the, the fun thing is because I, you know, I, we all know each other as, as people, as, as, you know, we get to hang out on set as we're making the show. Uh, and so much of, of the, you know, the, the positive qualities of, of Lucas and Nathan, you know, are both kind of in their personalities, you know, I think you've, you know, you've seen enough interviews with Kevin McGarry to see that he's kind of like, you know, playful and, and, and loves a good joke, right? Yeah. And, 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 and Chris does as well, but he's also got this sort of very sort of gentlemanly, sort of dignified, elegant quality. Anyway, it's, it's so fun to see them bring their personalities to their roles. No surprise, of course. So I'm, I'm the worst because I love them both as actors and I think their characters are both wonderful for so many different reasons. You know, and, and I guess for me, you know, I know, I, obviously I know it was, you know, quite fraught for a lot of people because, you know, people had very strong feelings about that. And, and I, I understand that. And I love the passion. I love the passion that the Hardys have, which obviously extends into their, their very strong feelings about certain storylines. But I guess for me, because, you know, she had been with a Mountie, um, you know, and, and the, the character of Jack was so beloved that I guess for me, when she chose Lucas, I was like, you know, it's, it's sort of something different, you know, that's how I, I felt too. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I said, I've said it a million times, but I'm team. Good TV is, there we is go. my team. Exactly. And I just feel like Lucas will make better television. Not that there's anything wrong with Nathan. I just think it's, it's going to stretch Elizabeth more as a character. Here we go. Make that's, her grow more. That's actually so nice to hear you say that because that's yeah. exactly how I felt. I was like, Oh, this is going to be interesting. And, and, and so, you know, full of possible, possible storylines, yeah. you know? So exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, good TV. Let's just have good, good TV. TV. Good TV. Yeah. yeah. And you know, as you can all see, Lucas isn't going any, um, Nathan isn't going anywhere. He's yeah. got a, you know, a wonderful arc this season. So yeah, it's been so fun having Mesu yes. on uh, this season. Yes. I've really been enjoying her and Amanda. Yeah. She's delightful. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when you were quarantined and then, and then they brought back for the, uh, for season eight, yes. uh, what was that like kind of going back to shooting? Honestly, it was it was so lovely because, as you know, you know, that first lockdown um, was, you know, pretty it was very uh, disconcerting and, and, and surreal as yeah. well. You know, I mean, obviously, anybody who was alive in 19 had gone through it. But I think there was probably exactly, you know, five people on Earth who experienced the last pandemic. So uh, and the world is a completely different place since that time. So I think all of us were just sort of like, I mean, we, you know, anybody who's of a certain age. Yeah. Was, cognizant of the concept of a pandemic but you know it was very uh very dramatic uh, experience for all of us so i think being able to come down come out of isolation or you know relative isolation however we had all been um you know in uh was it sheltering in place was the phrase you know with our families our limited family groups or, or however we all chose to to handle our lockdowns it was actually just so lovely to be like oh hello everybody other human <laughs> beings hello you know and we were so so fortunate because um we came, we started shooting, you know, right when I think, you know, the world had realized that, you know, while this was very, very serious, that there probably was a way that we could navigate through it, you know, um, you know, with all the protocols in place. And we managed, you know, uh, a huge shout out to our, our crew and our, you know, our production designers and all of the people who made sure that we were, we came back as safely as possible. You know, we managed to get through that first season um, you know, with no, no positive, like we, 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 I, I'm 90% sure that we didn't have a single positive case that entire first. That's impressive. Season. Very impressive. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we were very strict uh, and, and it worked, the protocols worked. Um, so we were so grateful that we were able to, to do that, you know, uh, amidst very challenging circumstances. And then by the time that we were able to um, start shooting season nine, 
the vaccine had just become widely available in Canada. So we had that added level of protection. So we were actually incredibly, our timing just kind of happened in between the worst peaks. So we actually managed to wrap just as the Delta wave was really rising. So we were able to like be done by, by the time that kind of took over. So our timing was incredibly fortunate in all possible ways. And then we, you know, um, you know, any any protocols are only as good as people's willingness to follow them. And, you know, and we had we had a really great team ethos and people were all really pulling together to try and make it work for everybody. And I was always so grateful for that. So well, I think people wanted to be working. So exactly. Yeah, you don't want exactly. to get sick. Exactly. So exactly. So we the, the stakes are high. It's like, hey, we all want to keep doing what we love doing. So let's all do everything right you know, to the extent that yeah. you can. Obviously, there's not nothing's completely in your control when there's a tiny virus flying through the air. But we did our very best. Mm-hmm. Well, you must have had fun with the whole scenes with you being upset with Elizabeth about her book. That was really funny. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, we, we, you know, it, it's so the writing's so good, you know, and they've given us these delightful characters to just to just bring to life. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah, just marching down the street with Florence and Ned and reading out of my book and being all like in the you know uppity about you know being misunderstood. And then I actually honestly. That just that one line where Bill comes up to Molly at the bar and says, "Oh, you look lovely," and I go, "Oh, really? Not like a Trump, you know, a, a tart or a harlot or <laughs> a redheaded tart?" Was, Wasn't that, was that my, it? Yeah. That was my favorite line. <laughs> Molly and, and Florence just shows up and kind of grags me, like almost like a cartoon where you like that that whoosh, you know, where the where the person's gone and a little stream of smoke. Oh, that was yeah. funny. I kind of wish it hadn't been Julie and that it actually had been Molly because I think that would have been really funny. But, <laughs> but yeah, I know. Yeah. I agree. That actually would have been, it would have been, but it would have been juicy. But then I think Mo- Molly couldn't have had that moment in the store where she had to eat humble pie and express right. herself. <laughs> and Florence had to be like, oh, I was rude. I, I, you know, I was on your side there. And then she has to be like, excuse me, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, you, do you find it sometimes hard to, get up that like Molly manic energy or is that sort of is that sort of your personality well I think you can see from talking to me here that I'm (laughs) an animated person um so you know honestly it's not that hard for me I I I wish I could say I was like incredibly zen (laughs) all the time but no it's not hard for me at all (laughs) I try not to be too neurotic but I Mm -hmm. I can be pretty big I can be pretty high energy so yeah so do you have, without, I guess, spoilers or anything, but was there a favorite moment of shooting season nine or a favorite memory? Um, season nine, like, you know, um, we had some pretty challenging weather during season nine. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good. We had, we had, we, we had a heat dome. We had just come off of a heat dome and then we had a, we had a, the heat dome was terrifying. You probably heard about it in this, in the States. We had hottest hottest temperature i think anywhere in the civilized you know aside from i don't know like yeah, yeah. we our, our our temperature in, in a place called Lytton, bc which is you know not that far away from me was the highest temperature on you know on earth pretty much um and you know whole towns burned down it was pretty terrifying you know, and we're, we're known for having a temperate climate so that was so we had to endure that and you can imagine those period costumes in extreme heat are pretty gross uh you know uh some of the cast wears courts corsets i can't even fathom wearing a corset in that heat um and then we had a bomb cyclone so we had some very very extreme strange weather um so that but the, you know our cast and crew are such champions and and we really the, our crew especially puts up with 
I won't have to give the crew a shout out because, you know, we, we get to shoot our scenes and that's, you know, sure, that's not fun in the elements, but then we get to run back into the, the room that's got the heaters and the coats, whereas the crew is out there, you know, all the time, they don't get that kind of respite. So our crew is- I know they were trying mm-hmm. to film a lot more outside because yeah. of COVID. Yeah, exactly. But if the weather was terrible, then well, that that's would make just that it. hard. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, it's it's challenging all around. Sorry, I know I'm digressing from. No, from your, your your point was the favorite the favorite moment. Well, I can't give away too much, but um, Florence and Molly actually have a, a really special a kind of a emotional moment coming up a little bit later in the season that kind of ties back to some elements earlier in um, earlier seasons of our show. Um, so that was quite special, I think, for Loretta and I's characters to kind of bond over you know and anybody who's been a fan of the show since the beginning will kind of understand that we don't say a lot about the the thing that happens but there's like this sort of understood unspoken depth of of shared um you know emotion about this particular thing that happens which i think it was was quite nice for loretta and i to be able to share that as actors because we've been on this nine season journey together and it kind of tied back to season one so anyway that was that was Well, I've liked, I've seen a little bit of that this season already because mm-hmm. of with Gowan's character being, yeah. you know, kind of going back to that yeah. with Smith and everybody being there. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, uh, I liked seeing that because it, they, they did kind of abandon the, I miss the sort of episodic nature of the early part of the show where you'd have citizen, you know, a citizen, a that has a problem and then elizabeth usually helps he or she solve that problem by the end of the, the episode yes. i kind of miss that structure because we don't sure. really get that anymore uh, very sure. often uh but i think that uh they're bringing back at least some of those sort of plot lines it, yeah it, it's good i think i agree i think that's probably i think you're probably quite accurate that's probably what they're trying to do um, but yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, and those characters like Gowan and Molly and, and Florence who have been there, you know, for the whole time, they have this sort of, I think, shared history that I think yeah. sometimes, because, you know, as you understand with a 45 minute show and, and, and a, and a wonderful, you know, big cast of interesting characters, you know, they can, they can only devote so much time to, 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 to things. And right. so, you know, um, I think maybe some of the viewers that have joined the show, you know, maybe in later seasons, maybe haven't really had a chance to kind of understand really that there is so much shared history between characters like Gowan and um, Florence and Molly. So it's, I think it's quite special that they're touching on that. Yeah. So I'm just thinking of the characters that have been there from the very beginning, obviously Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and then uh, you and, uh, and Florence and Bill. Yep. Uh, Bill, I, uh, Bill, Bill wasn't there for the second season. So uh, Gowan, oh, was it? I forgot no, that. Gowan, Molly, uh, and and Florence, um, I, uh, Pascal's character came second season, yeah. And so you know, as the kind of the cast has sort of been yeah. grown over the years, you know. Um, so we're sort of some of the OG, the original, the original folks that were there. So we kind of have that shared collection of experience about the the sort of real origins of Hope Valley and, and what we all went through to get there. And I guess some of the kids have been there from the beginning. Yeah, yes, yes. Some of the, you're, oh my God, you're, thank you. So of course, Opal. The kids, some, of the, some of the children have been there since day one. Yeah, Opal, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Robert wasn't there season one. Um, um, yeah, I know some of the other children joined in later seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Well, that's good to hear. I'll look forward to that. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store. 
Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. question is actually about your... Um their Cinderella movie. I was just going to ask oh. if it was uh, fun to play the Wicked Stepmother. Oh, it's got to be a blast. I mean, such an iconic character, right? So yeah. of course you're a little bit nervous because you're like, well, you know, <laughs> people have their own associations with that character. So I think that was what I appreciated about uh, Michelle Johnson Sellers, the writer director of the very talented and lovely writer director of that, of that franchise. Um, she's done, <clears throat> excuse me, quite a few of the more recent Cinderella story um, films i think she's done three at least uh she she definitely gave the character deirdre a specific kind of uh her own particular flair so i just got to to not worry too much about the 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 history of the character and just you know embrace her her you know her ridiculousness that she had you know my character was a comedic villain which is so much more fun because genuinely being a nasty villain that's a whole other that's a whole other archetype right yeah whereas my character was nasty because she was selfish and stupid really um and so we got to you know we we got to have a lot of fun with the with with the comedic side of of her kind of you know real housewives of 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 wherever Um, i miss (laughs) dishy villains because there we go like I, it's the trend now. Every every villain has to have a tragic backstory, right. and you have to feel empathy right. for them. And yes. I'm like, no, yes. I just miss yes your maleficence and your you. you know like yes yes I'm, we're just bad. Okay, we just, just are. Yeah. We're just not good people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so that's exactly what my character. My character was just <laughs> selfish and stupid and vain um, yeah. and cruel, really. So yeah, yeah. No, thank you for asking about her. That's definitely one of my uh, all time you know, top handful of favorite characters for sure. All right. So we like to end our interviews with some fun, silly questions. So the first one is what is the best ice cream flavor? Oh, okay. This is going to sound kind of weird, but, um, in for maybe for some of those who don't have, um, as much international cuisine on their doorstep, but Vancouver is known for having a phenomenal range of, of extraordinary cuisine, um, from all over the world. So, uh, I, since I was young, I, I was a very big fan of what we have called green tea ice cream and it's okay. green tea ice yeah. cream and it is delicious. <laughs> okay, good. What's your favorite color? Oh, uh, emerald green. Ah, perfect. Very on on brand for homework. Right with the red hair. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Okay. Uh, what music are you into? Oh goodness, I have oof, incredibly incredibly diverse uh, tastes. But uh, at the moment, I'm really enjoying a gentleman called Gregory Allen Isakoff, and he does. It's almost sort of like folk country indie oh. folk country rock. Fantastic. Can't say enough good things about him. Cool. Yeah. All right. What is your go-to date night food? And lately we've been saying, what is your DoorDash order? (laughs) Oh, right. Exactly. Pandemic vibes. Uh, (laughs) You know, I love pad thai. Uh, thai, I love Thai food and I love pad thai. I try not to eat it too often because I 
it's uh, you know very high carb, uh, but I do love a great plate of pad thai, and Vancouver has some superb Thai restaurants, so I wouldn't. I definitely say yes to a DoorDash uh, pad thai. Um, date night, gosh, date night food. You know, we we have a, a restaurant in my neighborhood that is, specializes in um, really beautiful thin crust, like um, wood fire oven wood oven pizzas. So I mean, who doesn't love a who doesn't love a nice thin, thin crust pizza and a nice glass of red wine? That would be my go-to uh, date night meal. Um, yeah, there you oh, go. Good, I mean, I've got 700, 700 answers depending on. My <laughs> date, well, what is your favorite go-to date night activity if you're going out? Do it. You know, I'm the worst because I think also the pandemic is informing this answer. Going out seems like when when did we ever do that? So <laughs> I would say my my pandemic date night would definitely be like you know ordering in and 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 some fantastic series or or movie because yeah. we're all you know, we all have our home theaters all set up. You can sit in your jogging pants in bed and watch a great movie. So that's what binge watch for. Bridgerton and exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So binge watch something and, and have a great snack. That would be my pandemic uh, date night, but you know, going out, um, Pre-pandemic, we have this fantastic cafe uh, on Camby Street in Vancouver called the Kino Cafe. And once or twice a week, they do flamenco dancing. And so they have a you know a wonderful flamenco guitar and these incredible women on stage uh... stomping and castanets and 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 it's very intimate and quite it's quite close. It's it's like a it's like a little wine bar. And so they're right there. And you're just, it's just, it's very European feeling and it's, they're incredibly talented and passionate and fun. And that's just a really great night out. That sounds fun. So what do you prefer dogs or cats? Oh, again, I'm the worst. I'm a Libra. I love them both. For different <laughs> reasons. I cannot choose. I adore them both. Okay. Beaches or mountains? Oh, again, I live in Vancouver. I have beaches and mountains. They're both <laughs> amazing. If, but if I had to, oh gosh. You know, okay. I have to answer that one with a temperature. If it's a war, if it's warm, I'll say a beach. If it's, you know, if it's Canada, I'll say a mountain. <laughs> Would you rather be in fancy dress or sweats? I love clothes. So I'm going to yeah. say as comfortable as sweatpants are, I'll take a fancy dress. Yeah. And I think we're all tired of sweats. Exactly. We've had it's enough of that for years. a lifetime, literally a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I get dressed up to go grocery shopping just because I'm excited to wear something other than sweatpants. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's symbolic. It means you're leaving the house. It's Thank you. Exciting. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. Yes. All right. What's your favorite holiday to celebrate? Oh, okay. Again, I'm the worst. I grew up in a family and I bless my mother for this as she, any chance, any excuse to celebrate. So like Valentine's day, we decorate the house and wrap presents for each other. Halloween was a whole, the whole thing. Easter, like any excuse to have a party and wrap presents. And uh, so we celebrated everything in my house. Now, obviously Christmas has a special place in everybody's heart. And I am obsessed with Christmas and all these people who are like, Oh, Christmas really. I'm like, yes, Christmas really. Yes. Um, I just love it. I love everything about it but for me it's mostly about the lights just the beautiful twinkly lights and just an excuse to just be sucky and mushy and all about love and making people feel included and generosity and spirit I just love it to get you in a Hallmark Christmas movie yes how how has that not happened Rachel you as soon as we're done this I want you to get on the phone to Hallmark and say people Johanna needs a Hallmark Christmas movie because she loves Christmas. Yeah, I have them on speed dial. So (laughs) can you please? Thank you so much. Look, (laughs) this is ridiculous. I agree. Like it is crazy. You need to be, you need to be. You tell them the slow-mo Christmas all the way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How fun would that be? Right? Yes. 
We should do that. Absolutely. That would be really we'll, we'll fun. Because I mean, you've been in the when calls the heart Christmas movies, but those don't count. Yes, yes. Like we need, we need, need. we need a whole Flomo Christmas episode. Yeah. yeah. There was there was one uh, last year which was all about these uh, Christmas light people. I forget yes. what I, I can't even think yes. of what it was called. But you two would have been hilarious in that. Thank you. Exactly right. Can you imagine Flomo trying to hang up Christmas lights. Yeah, that would have yes. been so funny. Absolutely. Here for it. Yes, we'll put that out into the. Uh, if you're listening, Hallmark, which I know, I know you do, make it happen. <laughs> make it, just make it happen, people. You're welcome. We can tell you right now. You're welcome. All right. Well, last question. What is your favorite Hallmark or romantic movie? Oh, honestly, this is such. Just everybody on earth, I'm sure, says this, uh, and you know, Hallmark just has some wonderful examples. But I am a sucker for the Notebook. I just think the Notebook is just a beautiful movie. And if you don't cry during that movie, you have no soul. So <laughs> the notebook, the weeper, you like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. All right. You did it. You answered all the questions. I did it. Thank <laughs> you for enduring my rambling. No, I love it. It was oh. so great to meet you. It's been somebody I've wanted to have you on for a long time, but I don't know. It just hasn't hey. happened. So I'm so glad well, we made it we work. And... It happened. I love yeah. it. It's so fun to be here. Thank yeah. you so much for being interested. And if you want to, do you want to share your social media and all that fun oh, stuff? Yeah. Sure. Uh, goodness. Uh, a little, little, uh, I am, my Twitter is uh, Joe Newmarch, just J-O-N-E-W-M-A-R-C-H, just how it sounds, month of March, new March. Uh, and same with uh, Instagram, Johanna Newmarch. The only tricky thing about my name is it has a sneaky little silent H on the end of it. So Johanna, <laughs> Johanna uh, Newmarch. So J-O-H-A-N-N-A-H. N-E-W-M-A-R-C-H. I know it's a bit of a mouthful. So Johanna Newmarch for Instagram and same for Facebook, Johanna Newmarch. There you go. We'll put all that in the description. So everybody make sure you're following Johanna. Perfect. Yes. And uh, you can make sure you're following the podcast on Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. Five stars. It helps us so much. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our Patreon group and merch store. And you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews. So please check that out. And thanks so much again. And uh, my pleasure. We'll have you back. Thank you so much for all your support of, of, of When Calls the Heart and all of the actors. We really appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for listening. You're the absolute best. Lots of love. Yes. Say hi to everybody for us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.